it isn't Tuesday, it's Wednesday, but this is Knockouts and Three Counts. But before we get to tonight's guest, your MLW featherweight champ, Janai Kai the Kick Demon, we got to give you a shout out to who's bringing you this great show, and that's our sponsors at Potter's Tree Service. I'm about to show you how Asa and everybody gets down, but if you need wood chipping, lot clearing, tree removal, tree trimming, chipping service, storm damage cleanup, walnut logging, all that stuff, Asa's got you covered. The links are in the description, but let me just show you what the man can do for himself. And, I mean, you won't need Hacksaw Jim Duggan because Asa Potter and Potter's Tree Service is your guy. So, enjoy this, and let's get to the show. This is the Ring of Honor, a.k.a. Shane T, boy. The baddest champion you've ever seen, boy. This is Mr. Anderson. This is good old JR Jim Rock, and you are listening. You're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. Popper! Popper! We got a Super World Champion! That might be one of the craziest knockouts I've ever seen in my life. Knockouts and Three Counts is the podcast, and he's just a real deal, baby! Knockouts and Three Counts starts now. What up, though? Who the fuck is in my screen? This is Knockouts and Three Counts. This is a Wednesday, and I guess that must be what's left of J-Bone after the COVID. But, hey, we had, like we told you, we got quite the guest. We've got the return. The champ is here. We're doing champ things. We've got your new MLW World Women's Featherweight Champion. Man, that's a mouthful to say. Janai Kai, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Can't complain. Freezing here in Detroit, but other than that, I'm good. Oh, true. <laughs> I'm feeling a little weird. I see that. Yeah. COVID really got you, huh? <laughs> I don't know. I've been getting these weird looks all week. It's been crazy. It's been Halloween, but I'm stealing all the kids' candy, so it's been cool. I mean, I ain't mad at you. What'd you call that? That's the dad tax, bro. So I mean, you you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do. I mean, I saw Lily was up there. Did she go as Alexa Bliss this again again, or what'd she go this year? No, this time she was a cat. That's She's... all right. <laughs> So she was a cat and made you pull all your hair out, hence what I'm seeing in front of me. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> this, is, this, is, this is J-Bone full Halloween form, bro. This is me until, uh, you know, a couple minutes from now when I can't. So you're anything. really hurting that we missed Cheapy Creepy that bad. You just had to bring it to the show. Corey, how was Halloween for you and the girls and all that good stuff? It, it was good, as always. I will start it whenever we do a Halloween show. I just got to preference this with, can we please get everybody that sits at home more active in participating in Halloween. Can we get that a, a thing again? Please? Bro, I literally posted as, about this yeah. last night. As somebody, <laughs> as somebody with kids. I was just thinking like, that, yes. Like, can we get it a little more active? Like, there was kids out. Like, the neighborhood was busy and stuff. Shit, there the weren't fact, none by the time I got home. <laughs> but, but, but the fact we had to walk, like, five houses or basically p- play ping pong across the street. And we live in a, you know, suburban area where there's plenty of kids out and so you would think a little bit more of the houses were would participate that's all i'll start my halloween rant with is i wish some of these people sitting at home would be a little bit more uh participating for the kids like we used to have it when we were younger but i totally feel that dude (laughs) off that off that soapbox honestly it was a great halloween other than that we got to walk the neighborhood the snow was nice because it wasn't rain it was snow i could deal with snow (laughs) the snow was nice (laughs) Well, it's better than being wet. I don't know about all that, but it, it, no, it's better than being wet. Trust me, as you get wet after it around. falls on you. Fuck you, mean? Yeah, <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not the same, and you know what I'm saying. But either way, it was a great Halloween. We we brought home a, a whole pillowcase full of candy for the girls. And how much so. of that did you eat? Uh, actually, not that much so far. The sweet tooth hasn't been kicking as of yet. I've ate, I've ate a couple, like I had said before the show. Them pumpkin Reese's are not safe around me, but other than that, they've been lucky so far. Dad, Dad hasn't come collecting too much yet on your dad. So J Bone wants the almond joys. Corey wants the Reese's. Tonight, how was your Halloween? Did you do anything? Did you wear a costume? And what's your favorite candy? Uh, so I spent the time like in downtown DC, really, and. I did walk around and I went where like the bar crawling was happening, but I didn't drink much, but I did walk around there and it was a sight to see, I must say, because there were younger, uh, I wouldn't call them kids because I don't want to sound too oh, no. old, <laughs> but they they are around the college age and they were dressed up. So I was happy to see that, that they were still in the Halloween spirit. Um, but yeah, like that was cool to see, but where I live, I mean, it's in in an apartment, so I don't really know how trick-or-treating goes down in apartments, but I didn't see any children around. I didn't see any children around. And I usually, when it was summertime, I saw them all the time, but when, when it's Halloween, I don't see any of them around or dressed up. No one knocked on the door, nothing. So I was like what's going on here? Because I definitely see like the early 20 year olds out, you know, dressing up, whatever. I see it on TikTok all the time. I don't know. Maybe they're just dressing up for the TikTok. Who knows? Mm -hmm, They're not going out. They're just doing it for social media. But yeah, I didn't see any children around my area. Man, 
Maybe they were traveling out of the city center. We'll, we'll, we'll give them the credit of the doubt there. Corey, Maybe there is no credit that. to be given because yeah. of thing like you lived in, you and I lived in the same neighborhood for how many years? All right. Our neighborhood had, when we were kids, bro, we would come home with two pillowcases full of one of the busiest. And I would be, I would be out as long as I could possibly make it. Now, before I say what I'm going to say, let me preface this by saying, I understand that there's a lot of weirdos out there and I understand not wanting your kids to go out trick or treating because people don't know how to just leave people the fuck alone and let them trick or treat. Or they're always doing some weirdo shit. So I understand why you would feel more safer getting your candy from something like a trunk or treat and all that stuff. All I'm saying is it's like, man, I feel like all of the traditions that come with being a kid, whether that's talking about Halloween, costumes, everything else, bro. It's like it's all gone. Like like I said, when I was a kid, we was out forever. And just mm-hmm. just so we can clarify, just like Dijani, you know, Ruthie was trying to not make Ruthie J, uh, who went for your NWA championship last week, said she was trying to not make me feel old. I'm only 31. All right. That's not that long ago that I, my ass was out there trick or treating. Yeah. OK, it's not like I'm 60 out here. Let's let's <laughs> let's clarify that for the world first. But, man, let's get these kids some damn candy. But, yeah. you know, now that you've went and aligned yourself with uh, Promociono's Promociones de Dorado, if I can spit it out right, Selena De La Renta and all them, you got all the fat checks from winning the MLW championship and all that <laughs> stuff. So if we need candy, we're coming over to Denai's house. But Amen. now that we've talked about your <laughs> Halloween plans, you got to tell me, it's been a minute since you've been on the show. You've knocked a lot of stuff off the bucket list from the last time you were on the show. So shout out to anyone that missed it. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and check that out. But let us know what's new in the world of the kick demon. Like I said, last time you were on, you were looking to go to Japan. You did that. You're, you're in MLW now. I see you everywhere else. So catch us up. What's new in the world of the kick demon? Yeah, well, it's exactly that. That's what's been just going on. And I am just going with the flow of everything now that like I went to Japan three times this year. Dope. And yeah, an MLW, like. I'm literally going with the flow. I'm like, all right, let's see where this takes me because I am very satisfied, but not satisfied enough to where like, you know, now I'm more hungry. I'm ready to go out there more and really showcase myself. You know, after coming back from Japan, I gained so much and I'm just ready to completely show who I am. And MLW is a perfect spot for me right now, I believe, because, you know, they kind of have that that TV type vibe going on and that's exactly what I need. And I want to continue to show that side of the kick demon. I mean, I going like- over, going over there and becoming a semi international star like yourself now. I mean, I I'm sure that's got to raise the confidence level a bit. Like you say, I'm pretty sure Japan's international guy. Cause I can't, walk no, there. I'm, I'm saying like, <laughs> to become an, I'm not saying semi international on that. I'm saying semi <laughs> Semi-famous international wrestler now. Well, yeah. you know, it's got to add to that level of uh, confidence that you bring to your wrestling game, like you say, rounding that corner in your career. Yeah, because, you know, that's exactly where I want to be was Japan because I knew that I can resonate with that style in, in a lot of ways. And so when I was over there, everything just confirmed that – I was right. Like, this is where I need to be. Like, I definitely feel like I fit in. They know what they want to do with me. They want to work with me. They've seen my stuff. Like, they know exactly, like, where to put me. And they even put me in a faction 
which was great in my eyes. Like I never even would think that I'd be part of a faction in Japan. So yeah, I, I definitely feel good. And then just seeing like the fans, how they react to what I do over there too, is really cool. And just gaining more, more fans, more like fans internationally. So it feels good. I feel like you mesh well over too, because you got that you got the educated feet, man. Strong style <laughs> over there. You fit perfect. I was like. gonna say, I was gonna say she's even got the shirt on for it. You yeah. beat me to it. That's where I was you, gonna go next. Yeah, shout like out to Minoru Suzuki. I got this at his shop over there. So Suzuki is a badass. Suzuki's yeah. I would I still wouldn't want to fight that guy, but he still has like one of the best entrances in wrestling, period. It doesn't matter if you see it like in Indies, it Back. doesn't matter if you see it in Japan, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you watch it on YouTube, man. And the worst of it is. You know an entrance is getting over when you got a bunch of people like us three who are all of us white guys from Michigan who don't know shit about Japanese, but when they say kaze, nin, are, I know what the fuck is going on, all right? That's all I'm saying. (laughs) Shout out to Suzuki-san, especially after seeing him do that. Was it Bloodsport? was the first time I think I saw him live, seeing him come out to Bloodsport to do that in Texas. Uh for WrestleMania a couple years ago, man, that was pretty badass. And now to have seen it here in Detroit, and I can only imagine it's got all the more energy in Japan. So shout out to uh, Minoru Suzuki. Mm-hmm. That, that spins into what I was going to actually ask off the last topic. What is it like dealing with that language barrier, though? I, I'm sure that's got to be a transition in itself, going from you know trying to essentially fit in, but also translating the whole time i guess yeah so i mean the first time when i went was with tjpw and when i first got there like some of the girls did speak some english so it was easy to get by when it came to like you know wrestling with them um but i did have a lot of time by myself too so that was a part where i was kind of hesitant on going out you know, or go into like specific shops or if I want to go to a restaurant, that's when I was kind of hesitant. But in actuality, like they they speak English pretty well in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So it was cool. Um, they were understandable for the fact that I was a tourist. Like they definitely get it. Um, so and the thing is, is that a lot of the places, like if you're going out to eat, they have English menus and um, it's pretty um simple like if you want something if you want to buy something you just point or whatever and (laughs) register it's just simple things you don't really have to communicate that much um so it was cool in that sense the one thing for sure where i was kind of seeing that the language barrier was difficult was the second time that i went to japan and it was for uh the the company great and it was the first match i had the majority of the girls in this group did not speak English. There's only one who spoke very little. And so they're also like, I didn't really have like a translator or anyone else around to help me, but I just told myself, all right, be calm. This is wrestling. This it's a universal language. Just let them plan or talk about whatever they need to talk about. And then they'll come to you and, tell, and try to describe it to you. And then we'll go from there. So that's basically what I did. It was just all of like me just calming down and be like, all right, I know I can wrestle. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, I I'm know not what cons- I'm doing. I've yeah, done I this know before. <laughs> yeah. So let me just really just see what they're talking about, like the movements and everything. 
and it'll be fine. And then it turned out okay. And the match was really good. It was really fun. I enjoyed it so much. Um, I try to contain myself from like smiling during the match because it was that fun. So there was, yeah, there's certain times when I'm like, oh, snap. Okay. Okay. Let me just, let me actually see what's going on before I start talking or trying to understand like too quickly. Uh, so uh, yeah, I was good. I was good for the most part. I, I it's feel like when, oh, sorry, I, I feel like when you're put in those type of positions in life where you have to kind of fend for yourself and maybe there is a language barrier or something like that that you have to overcome, it really mm. does help you learn so much about your ability to overcome circumstances like that and maybe be able to see, you know, circumstances like that in the future and not sweat it so much, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, for sure. So that, that, you know, is something that we've always heard, you know, me, me being a lifelong fan, you know, that's the one thing you always hear about Japan is like wrestling is like a universal language. Like if you know what you're doing and you can, and you can pick up the stuff in the middle, you can, you can get over and do what you got to do anywhere. So it's dope to hear that uh, with Japan, because I would figure that would be uh, one of the, one of the hardest barriers for you to cross. But another question I have uh, as far as Japan goes, um, we talked about it briefly with, uh, you know, you mentioned in, that you're doing what you're doing with MLW and getting to do what you were doing in Japan. I know, like we talked about that you were part of a faction. Tell me about Diamond Eagle. Is it Egoist? Is that how you say it? Mm -hmm. Okay, right. I was right. So tell me about uh, Diamond Egoist. Tell me about you getting to go over to Japan. How did that look? And what are your thoughts on being in uh, that faction over there in Japan? Because you guys looked like you guys were running roughshod. Yeah, so I'll just start from when I went to Japan for the second time because the first time was with TJPW and then the second time was with Great. And the way that that all happened was basically like they both reached out to me at the same time. And I kind of already said a yes to TJPW because the first time they reached out to me was October of last year. And they originally wanted me to be there for January dates. Um, but a lot went on with like the work visa and all of that. So yeah. I couldn't go the first time that they wanted me. And so uh, the second time they asked for February and then around the same time, great reached out to me for like March dates. So I was like, no, I already said yes to TJPW, whatever. Um, if the offer is still open, I can reach back out to you, whatever. And they said, yeah, that's fine. Just let us know. And so, um, yeah, I went ahead in the TJPW first. And then after Mania this year, when I did the TJPW show that they had in L.A., uh, I asked uh, the person that's been helping me out with getting booked there if it was okay to go over to Great. And he said, yeah, that's a good opportunity. Go for it. So I was like, okay, cool. Because when it comes to, like, cross promoting and all that in Japan it's very like shaky like they are very strict about it in certain companies so I wanted to make sure I didn't cross any boundaries or anything like that so I want to make sure I asked and get the okay so I got the okay and uh I reached out to great again and they said okay yeah we'll let you know what dates that we have open that we might like for you and so they sent me the dates and the first date was just for literally a few days I was going to be there so go to Japan for a few days for one match that's it and then the second time I go there for them it's going to be for two months so the first time I went over there is when I had that match that I just told you guys about where it was like the language barrier and everything 
that went really well. And then I guess they liked the way that me and the girls that I tagged with, I guess they liked our vibe and how we worked together, how we looked overall. So they decided to make a faction out of us. So the second time that I went over to work for them, um, that was basically the introduction of our unit. So Diamond Egoist is me, Michiko, Aoi, and Risa Sarah. And so we debuted at Ryogoku uh, Stadium, the sumo Dope. hall. And yeah, that's how it basically started. And I definitely like our vibe for sure. Like the way that we did our entrance and everything too, it was, it, it's a big deal. It looked like a big deal because they had us uh, walk from the top of the stairs down to the ring. And I was holding our flag and two of the girls had like this spray thing, like a, it was like a fire extinguisher type thing. Like we were making it a big deal. So yeah, that's how it basically started for uh, Diamond Egoist. And we're still going. Um, I'm still trying to represent it over here. And I'm trying to get, get it so that a couple of the girls can come here too and wrestle, you know? I like it. I mean, you talked <laughs> about wanting to go to Japan. We've talked about getting with uh, Diamond Egoist. I mean, like I said, for you to get to go over there to Japan and then to, for you to say that you guys debuted in the sumo hall, I mean, anybody who watches wrestling knows the Sumo Hall, knows Corrigan Hall, knows the Tokyo Dome, knows all those things. So that's dope for you to be getting to do that. And for the first run to be with a company like TJPW, which we've seen, I mean, you could go for days about names that have been over there. Everybody from Thunder Rosa, Janai Kai, all kinds of people that have been through there. So um, now that you've been with Diamond Egoist a minute, and we're going to get into what you're doing in MLW and uh, working with uh, Selena De La Renta and all them in a second, but what was it that uh, attracted you to Diamond Egoist? What is it that made you say, okay, I would rather be with part of a group versus just being on your own going into Japan? So I, when they first told me about it, um, was when I first came, when I came back to work for them. And I kind of sensed that they were going to do something like that because I, I don't know what it was, but I think I think it was just a feeling like, yeah, we kind of work together really well and we kind of look pretty cool. Like, it would be cool if they continue the storyline and like have us, you know, be that unit. And so I, you know, I didn't really question it, of course, because it's like <laughs> if you're part of a unit in Japan, that's. A huge deal that's big, so that's a big thing. yeah and it kind of solidifies you as an actual star there too like you're part of something mm -hmm. you're not part just going group. over there really quick and then they forget about you type like type thing like really quick type thing this this actually is meaningful and they see you fitting in so well like you're someone special and they want to possibly bring you back you know so yeah that's how i overall feel about it um We'll see where it goes, though, for sure. I am um, paying attention to, like, how it's going over there with the girls and everything. And I am I keep sharing their stuff. And so so that I can, like, continue to share them and possibly bring Diamond Egoist over to America, which I kind of expressed on Twitter earlier. Uh, so we'll see where it goes. And so with that, that though, real quick, Kyle, when she touched base with uh, with being in Japan and being in a faction, 
any wrestling fan knows that's where a lot of the greats started, like the original NWO originated in Japan. So when you do Bullet get thrown Club. in a faction, Bullet Club, when you get thrown in a faction mm-hmm. in Japan, it means something. So it's cool that you you recognize that. You can tell you you got your craft in your head and it's down. So <laughs> you you know what's going on. You know the deal. Yeah. So that is a big deal. Very big deal. So with that said, though, now as we transition to what you're doing with MLW, I mean, how do you think that Diamond Egoist and uh, Promociones Del Dorado, mm-hmm. how would they mix? <clears throat> how do you, you know, you say you want to see Diamond Egoist come over here to the States. Mm-hmm. Do you think that they would mesh well so that you guys could just be like, a super group at that point how do you think the two groups would mesh and work together so i 100 percent think that diamond egos would fit in the environment of mlw um just because we are that like that vibe that fighting gritty like type of vibe um and the girls in this group don't play they don't play and if anything we could have some of that for sure, in MLW, if anything, if you want to continue this division in general. Um, but, you know, I will see where um, this whole Promociones Dorado thing goes. For sure, Selena De La Renta is phenomenal. And right when I knew that I was going to be working with her, I trusted that 100% because I see the vision for sure. For sure. But we'll see. She is the boss at the end of the day, you know. Well, you know, she's a executive producer. Um, <laughs> you know, she has some tricks up her sleeve. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a perfect thing to talk about because anybody that's been following us for a while knows that we rock with MLW. Myron Reed coming through when he was uh, yeah. champion over there and a few a few others that have come through the MLW reign. But, I mean, that's as good a place as any to start talking about uh, you come into MLW. Um, first of all, before we get to talking about Selena and why you why you just chose to work with her, talk to me about working with MLW. Now, I've been watching MLW for quite a while. I've been watching mm-hmm. since they had MJF over there. I mm-hmm. mean, you could go down the list. Davey Boy Smith. I mean, they've mm-hmm. had a mm-hmm. lot of people that have come through MLW at some point or another. So any of you wrestling fans that are checking this out, that maybe haven't checked out MLW fusion, which you can find on YouTube. First of all, uh, you know, I would highly recommend it firstly, but talk to me a little bit about what made uh, MLW the right spot to be like your first, like mainstream home as far as here in the States goes. Cause I mean, I know you've done, other shows and stuff, but MLW would be one of the first bigger names as far as promotions here that I've seen you linked up with. Yeah, I've had my eye on MLW since I basically started um, because also my trainer, Santana Garrett, did a few matches for MLW as well. And so I was watching around a time where they were doing the Orlando shows, like I was going there and, you know, just scoping things out, seeing how the business works, stuff like that. Um, so I've had my eye on them since then. And, um, when I saw that they were developing this featherweight division recently, I was like, Ooh, okay. Okay. Because it's been questionable of how, of if they were ever going to have some sort of women's division or something going on, you know? So right when I saw this happening, I was like, okay, this is interesting. And I love the fact that they call it a featherweight division. Like this is, this is really cool. So uh, once I started progressing, I'm like, yeah, I 
I definitely feel something here. Like this is somewhere I could really showcase a hundred percent. And I, when I was talking to, um, you know, MSL and everything, like they've also had their eye on me for a while and they've expressed that to me and that they've been wanting to have me come through. So now it's happening. <laughs> Timing is right. That's always a good thing yeah. when you know, other people are already looking into you as well. Like you said, I mean, MLW, you know, has been doing their, doing their thing for a while. Um, I mean, like I said, I think it's as good a place as any. Now with you being in MLW for a little while and now you're the champ, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, the MLW women's division? Because you said yourself, like you said yourself, you know, it was kind of a lot up in the air as to mm-hmm. whether there was going to be a full division, who might be in that division. I mean, they've had some good champions. I mean, Taya, you know, Taya is, you know, a past champion. You got Delmi Exo, who you took the belt from. I mean, mm-hmm. they've li- they've had a lot of good champions there. So now that you settle yourself into the MLW women's division, for those who maybe are new to MLW, what are your thoughts on the division and who do you think who are some people that you think people need to watch out for? So for my thoughts exactly like I didn't really I was keeping my eye on them for but for that exact reason was to see what they were doing with the women that were coming through, if they're gonna develop a women's division. And when that yeah, once I saw this happening, I knew, okay. Let me see who's coming through here real quick. And I saw Taya coming through. I saw Delmi coming through. I saw Becca coming through. And some more like local, like Northeast wrestlers coming through and doing fusion. I'm like, okay, cool. We're, we're, we can really develop something here. And so I think for a fact, you know, Becca someone is someone to watch out for. She is great. I've wrestled her a couple times and she's phenomenal to be in the ring with. So I for sure know that we may be crossing paths. I, I don't see why not. Um, I think the the last show that I was on, for sure, she was injured or something or on a house arrest. I don't know. <laughs> one of those. One of, she was posting. Like, something happened. She was on house arrest, apparently. So hopefully um, by the next show, she's back and we can uh, meet up again. <laughs> Hey, she said it herself, fuck around and find out. But uh, you know what we need to find out about? You know, we talked about it a little bit. You know, we talked about, you know, being in a faction both in Japan and here in MLW. But anybody who's been watching MLW or MLW Fusion knows very well who Selena De La Renta is. She has been very, very integral in MLW for a long time, whether that be with um, Mil... Uh, Mill Mascaris that was over there. You've got, I mean, you've literally seen her have her run. And then when they did the MLW Azteca, she was really involved with that as well. So with somebody like that, who in Selena, who, you know, at any given time, you know, can change up how she's looking on things and do what's in her own best interest. Talk to me about working with Selena. What made working with her a good fit? And what was the sales pitch that brought you to Promociona's Dorado? You know, yeah, I've been keeping an eye on her her work as well. Again, like I've been keeping an eye on MLW as a whole, but definitely what she's been doing because um, she's played such a, like a very big part. Um, and I would like to say she's basically like the face of it. So um, I've been keeping an eye on all of the work she's been doing, who she's been, her you know, her clients. Um, and I think for sure, you know, I kind of need that, that, that guidance and we kind of have the same attitude. We kind of 
are the same in certain ways. Um, being also that I have some Puerto Rican in me, you know, so I get it. We're we're kind of the same in that way, the but power yeah. Here. And when we and when we worked together, it was it was good. The vibe was good. We have the same attitude. Like we want to definitely make everybody know like who's in charge here or who's like that we're badass basically that's that's the energy that we give that's for sure what what else that we have in common um so that's how i feel as far as like i mean she didn't really have to say much you know i was good i was like look i've seen what you've done let's do this i like it well Isn't that Right. And I mean, that that brings up a good enough question in and of itself. Not only are you working with her, if I'm not mistaken, you're also her first female client. So what are your Mm -hmm. thoughts on being not only the first female client for Selena De La Renta, but being her first client and you're immediately got the strap? So, I mean, it's kind of hard for anybody to complain about being linked up with somebody if she brings you in as the first female and immediately you got gold. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Right there. You know, and I, I, of course, I'm coming in ready to take over as well. So again, that that teamwork, of course, it's going to work out. So it's no surprise what the result was. And we're going to continue to do that. So we'll see what these like next few defenses that I have. I don't know who my opponent is yet for the next the next show. So but either or. From what you've seen, that's nothing. I have a lot more. And then with Selena, you know, by my side, guiding me or and all of that, oh, I can imagine what anyone is in store for. I feel sorry for anybody who's coming against y'all. Uh, I'm not trying to catch these hands or these feet because these- we know that they're, I mean, <laughs> hands or these feet or these knees or this elbow or any of that stuff. Anywhere, I'm a, I'm a just trying to be staying out of uh, Janai Kai and Selena's way. Well, that we've talked about that. You know, you winning, you coming into MLW and being in there such a short time for you to come in and win the championship like that right off the bat. Can you talk to me a little bit about uh, when you won the champ championship from uh, Delmi Exo and let me know what that being said. You know. What did it mean to you to get like your first major title? Yeah, so I so this means very much a lot to me because I did just come back from Japan and I was having this moment where I was like, all right, I just had my tour in Japan. They really loved who I was. They knew what they wanted to do with me, how they want to work with me. But okay, who wants to do that with me over here in America? Who wants to work with me? Who wants to actually do something with Janai Kai the Kick Demon? Because I don't have too many people really hitting me up, to be honest. But that, as a wrestler, you still kind of have that question in your head. Like, all right, who actually wants to work with me? Who wants to help me progress? Who sees something in me and wants it to actually shine, you know? So that was what was going through my head um, overall. And yeah, like that's just basically the answer to that question. I, I just, that's that's the only thing that has been crossing my mind. 
I like it. I mean, like I said, with you being in there so short, there's so much you can do not only in MLW, but going back over to Japan and then the crossover alleys that that opens in and of itself. I mean, you're only getting uh, more experiences. We're going down the way um, with you wrestling both over in Japan and here in the States. I mean, I know we know you well enough from the last time we had you on the show. Um, and now that you've gotten uh, another belt under your under your waist, Tell me about with that said, is there how much wrestling are you watching when you're not wrestling? Cause I know when you're the champ, mm-hmm. you gotta be on, you gotta be on top of things and knowing who's coming and who could be the next challenger and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I feel like in a lot of places, we just talked with the uh, Ruthie J who was going for the NWA uh, championship last week. You know, we talked a little bit about some of that stuff with uh, AEW as well. What are your thoughts? Um, what are your thoughts with all that as we go into um, 2024? Because now you not only have a championship here, you could go back over to Japan and get mm-hmm. some belts with Diamond Egoist. I mean, you could have the, the trios type stuff, and you said you want them to come over here to the States. I mean, with that said, you've set the bar pretty high for yourself in MLW. Um, now that you're on such a roll, what are your goals as you roll into 2024? So my goals running into 2024. So I just want to, yeah, continue as a champion. Like I don't in the past, I just never won championships like that. I think I've won two other ones or something like that. But to me, it's kind of like, I, first of all, I do watch a lot of wrestling to answer that other question that you, you asked. I do watch a lot of wrestling. I try to keep up with like even other promotions. See what's going on. Um, if I am going into a promotion or anything, I make sure to, uh, see what the product is all about, what the storylines are like, what's going on. And I try to study my, of course, study myself like throughout the week before I have, um, weekends where I have a couple shows. I definitely study, maybe even come up with like new ideas last minute. Um, so rolling into 2024 is, it's just blowing up even more. I do want to go back to Japan, of course. Like the thing with me is just making a name there. And I feel like another thing that would help is if I win a championship over there, no matter what championship it is over there. But that's like the next thing, the next goal for me if I'm going back to Japan. Um, but it's like, again to showcase who I really am, how hard I can go. Um, you know, going back to the whole like just not knowing where I'm at right now on my journey, which is cool. I'll keep doing what I'm doing. I'll keep studying. I'll keep, you know, trying to progress with my skills and then whoever wants to work with me and whoever wants to do whatever, cool, let's do this. Let's make some money. Let's really like show that, like show that different style because I still feel like I have a different type of movement in the ring. Just you do different overall look. Like I still, I still feel like, there's that something and you know of course like i am grateful you know mlw is there to you know you know help showcase that and introduce me to people like just right off the bat with you know the video packages that they made of me like it's like something that i'm like this is like what i've been kind of wanting so it's just a matter of me thinking all right what are my goals what are the steps to get to those goals, the proper steps that I feel like I need to do? 
and I'll go ahead and do that. And so far, I've been pretty correct with like those gut feelings and everything that I need to do. And so I'm going to continue to do that. You the know, the old saying, follow badass, that gut. I got it on over here just so you know it's fucking <laughs> badass. Pretty badass. Fuck around and find out. Catch these feet. But uh <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying 2024 sounds like it could be uh one hell of a year for the kick demon. With that said, do you have a hit list of any sort? Is there anybody mm-hmm. that you're looking forward to getting at? Whether that's in Japan, whether that's in MLW or elsewhere. Cause I tell you, you know, when doing my research for all these things and knowing that you're still keeping up with all the other stuff, I mean, another name that I've been hearing a lot of people talk about in the world of wrestling, obviously it's a different company, but just thinking about it off the top of my head, I feel like the styles of it would make this a badass match. I think Janai Kai versus Lola vice would be one hell of a match. <laughs> X MMA fighter. You've got the, the kicking and most of her offense is all, head kicks, leg kicks, elbows, most all the MMA stuff. Something tells me that that match would be badass. I'm just saying yeah. that would be one that I'd like to see. You know, I see, <laughs> I see, you know, WWE or NXT in general bringing in some martial artists. Mm. I see them. I see them. <laughs> I see them bringing them in. Oh, yeah. So it's like, oh, let's, okay. I'll, you know, I'm scoping them out. I'm watching some of their matches. But yeah, that I mean, hey, if that was ever to happen, for sure, for sure. And I still believe, like, even if I was on NXT, my style is still different. <laughs> like, it is. I, There's no argument. Unique. Yep. Oh, That's man. why that was just one that popped in my head. Just Someone asked me if I would chest. wrestle anybody on NXT. I'm like, yes. I'll wrestle anybody <laughs> on NXT. Anybody. <laughs> Give oh, it to me. I don't, I don't care who it is. So, yeah, I would definitely love to, to wrestle Lola Vice, if anything, if that was ever something to happen (laughs) something that's more likely and i feel like it's something else that you would fit in great for i mean obviously anybody that knows us knows that we're uh fans of josh barnett's blood sport and shout out to uh the first female winner and the homie uh lindsey snow who just came through here Mm -hmm. detroit uh with that being said i mean what are your thoughts on blood sport i just feel like you would kick ass in josh barnett's blood sport i feel like that would be something sweet too bad i haven't been kicking ass on there (laughs) I know. I think you'd be kicking ass on there if they picked you up. That's why I'm trying to put it out into the ether before we get to Philly. Well, I man. did it. I did it a couple times, and I haven't been kicking anyone's ass. I'm saying you already had your first two runs there, but I'm just saying you are the perfect fit for Bloodsport. Every time I go there, I'm like, yo, because I've been there. Let's see, I've been for two Bloodsport shows. I went to the one in Texas, and I'm trying to remember what other mania it was I went there. But ever since we had you on the first time, I've been saying this. I feel like I wish we saw more of the blood sport like type events. Cause I feel like as we cover like some of the death match stuff and that too, you're seeing so much of like the no ring matches and the, the brawls and all that stuff. But to me, I think blood sport is one of the coolest things, especially with you having your background in Japan. Now, I mean, I just, like I said, I don't know, something about you, Bloodsport, and that whole thing, I'm a fan. So I'm just saying, Josh Barnett, if you hear this, uh, I think that Janai needs to be back in Bloodsport, and it should happen in Philly, because I just might be there. (laughs) I would would love to be back 100%. I always am looking forward to Bloodsport as well, because, like, this year, I just sat in the crowd and watched. But, you know, it's always, like, be like, dang. I want to get in there, you know? <laughs> so, especially coming back from Japan again, I have that 
that's you know just that uh, motivation to do a lot more because it's just a whole different mindset that I have like I even I mean I did kind of like a uh, UWF style match with Tomoka Anaba in for great and hey man she, first of all she's a hard kicker she's probably the hardest kicker I ever wrestled that's one thing for mm-hmm. sure she whooped she whooped me pretty good for sure like i felt her kicks the next day i'm like damn okay i don't know if i'm doing that to people over here but okay that's how this that's how they do it over here i'm gonna take that i'm gonna take all those those kicks and bring it over to america because hey (laughs) if they do it over there like that let me just bring it over here real quick because that's that's what it's all about Hey man, a knockout is a knockout. Doesn't matter if it comes from a foot, a knee, an elbow. If they can't get up no more, they can't fight. So it's all good. It doesn't matter whether wow. it's coming from a foot, a knee, a kick, your shin, your elbow, maybe not a headbutt, but if you do it without the yeah, rest, you you're know. all right there. It's all good. Even from yourself, you can knock yourself out. <laughs> I mean, let's not talk about it. You're talking to somebody whose dumbass walked over the foul line and split my chin as a kid with a bowling ball. So yeah, you can knock yourself Dang. out. I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> didn't you know i i found out that day i fucked around and found out that there's a foul line for a reason uh but uh look the slick floor took you out huh you know i mean i've had a couple of those whether it's that or the fact that i decided our first day of freshman year Corey, to split my nose after i'd already accepted a boxing fight and then look, the first time i got see, punched kyle, after that kyle can make anything kyle can make just about anything violent bowling mosh pit. <laughs> We've seen Fuck him in the you. mosh pit a few times. <laughs> Wait a minute. I <laughs> held my own there, first of all, because I slipped and that guy hit me and I almost blew out my knee and then still I'm got out saying. and then I backdropped his I backed I backdropped his ass and looking like Orange Cassidy had the whole deal on and I didn't spill my drink. So fuck you. <laughs> I, can't take, I can't take this guy anywhere, I swear. <laughs> Was I standing or was he? That's the only question I got. <laughs> you're not. Listen, man, you're not wrong. I'm just saying. Look, don't beat me up, okay? I don't want to. <laughs> I don't need no violence. I wasn't me. trying to beat anybody up. I was just trying to vibe like Orange Cassidy. But homie had to knock me on my ass real quick, so I had to, uh, you know, I had to show him what time it quick. is. You know, you had to find out. You know, we didn't get to check out Cheapy Creepy this year. Uh, yeah, that looked, and I heard we didn't miss out this time, but we definitely yeah. got to make. Uh, we definitely got to make another appearance to uh, Cheapy Creepy real yeah. soon. Well, I'll end it to me real quick today. On literally while we were on the show, it was just over out of nowhere. Mask off. Yeah, it's over. crazy how the Rona will do that to you. I it mean, I'm just, I'm just make saying. You feel that, super old. I mean, I feel old without with or without Rona, but that's a story with uh, a, a different <laughs> time. But uh, you know, before we get out of here, you know, the last time you came on the show, you said you had a lot more funny answers for this next question. So I feel like in your travels to Japan and now what you're doing in MLW, I feel like this is going to garner a great uh, answer and a good way to end the show. So with that said, you know, the last time you came on, we talked to you about our locker room etiquette picks. And again, for those of you guys who are new here, that is not us trying to go and peel the curtain back and ask a bunch of shit that we don't need to be asking. This <laughs> pertains to people's pet peeves, whether it's things that either piss you off in a locker room, advice that you'd have with people. Let me run down some of said lists so you guys can know some of these things. <laughs> We've had wash your balls, keep your baby mama out the locker room, uh, Silas Young talking about always shut up and listen, Ninja Mac always talking about being in the same ring, Josh Briggs from NXT, bring your own wrist tape, bring your own squirt bottle. Um, 
wash your gear. Uh, I mean, you can literally go down the list. So in your travels to Japan and what you're doing in MLW, the last time we talked to you, you said that you would have a lot more uh, answers for this one if you knew that's where we were going. So in your travels to Japan and MLW, <laughs> do you have anything that you would add to said list? Uh, <laughs> I feel like there's always something little with me. It's just like a pet peeve. Hey. Hmm. Hmm. I can't think of one at the top of my head, to be honest. <laughs> it's like Put it on the spot. <laughs> I'm I'm very much a person that you know in the locker room, kind of to myself, or like I'll definitely like everyone has their spot in the locker room, and. You know, when I was in Japan, like, of course, everything was more organized. So, like, it wasn't, like, anything in particular with them, you know? Like, everyone is to themselves. Um, and what's different about it, too, over there is that they definitely make sure to keep, like, the women separate in other locker rooms and the guys in their own rooms as well. Um, but I guess I would say that, you know, just going back to, like, keeping women kind of separate in their own locker room um nowadays like when we see that we're kind of in the same area as the guys kind of like oh great now i gotta figure out a way to finesse putting my bottoms on or like, even if the bathroom might be far away or it might be upstairs and we can't go upstairs it's just something like that it's like i don't know when it comes to venue picking kind of think about that too and don't squish the girls in a little closet or anything like you know um Maybe something like that for sure. That's just what I've been seeing. If we're going to compare the differences to from like Japan locker rooms in here. And I've also even um, experienced that recently. So I would like it if that was kind of in mind to keep the girls separate from the guys in the locker room. That's a that's a good one, man. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. I mean, you would think that in 2023, especially with as much as we've seen as far as not just with women and women's rights, but the LGBTQ and all that stuff and everything that we've seen, you would think that that would be something that would just be an easy one, but hence why we have said segment, because you never know what is going to come out of that. But mm -hmm. it is it has sparked one other good question, and it's something somebody had asked in a different way in the comments, so I'll let this be the last question. With that said, you know, with you doing MLW and you doing Japan, um, what are what are the biggest differences you see between wrestling here and wrestling over there in Japan for whatever promotion it is? What are some of the biggest differences, whether that be things you like, things you didn't like, or just the biggest differences you saw? So the thing with Japan, like, again, everyone's to themselves and very much more organized. Like if you're even going to be selling merch, they kind of help uh, organize that for you in a way. I've noticed that. Um, I know for sure. Like, it's just so much more laid back here. Like, because, like, still wrestlers like to go out after they're done with their match and, like, be at their merch table or even, like, be around where the crowd is, like, just out and about. And, like, you don't see that over there in Japan. Um, again, we're, we're staying in the back. We're... And only going to merch when we need to be there. Um, 
I don't know, over there too, I felt like maybe I was like treated more of like as a professional wrestling star. That's kind of like the vibe that I was getting um, because of the fact that they kept us so separate, like from the fans and all of that. That's kind of how it felt. Um, so I, I like that, but I kind of miss being so like uh, comfortable just doing whatever I want in a way. <laughs> you know, it's work. It is work. And it definitely felt like work there. So it was cool in that sense. But there was times when I was like, dang, like, I know there's like a language barrier. I can't just talk to anybody either. I was kind of to myself. That's why it also felt kind of like, uh, I kind of wish being familiar with people and talking and just having a good time, like, like over here. Um, so in that way, like when it comes to like, like locker room and stuff, that's how I feel. But what I like for sure is just how the audience response is when it comes to matches, when they're watching matches. I definitely like how more quiet they are and attentive. I, I have so many things about American audiences just, just, <laughs> just based off like where I've been. It's depending on like the state though, but like there's like certain things for sure. Um, Feel free to let them go because we also talked about <laughs> fan etiquette and people yeah, don't know we, how to we wear deodorant and, and don't know how to keep too. them hands to themselves and all it's that just, kind of stuff. When so. it comes to... <laughs> So I don't mind, you know, response to matches, but there's it's just the way that audience respond to the matches here. They kind of already feel like they know what's going to happen or are expecting too much out of a match sometimes or they're predicting like they're kind of they're kind of trying to control where the match goes basically mm. just by how their reactions are. And I don't see that over in Japan. Like, if something happens, even like a headlock takeover, whoa. Like, that's like very, like, they just respond to that. Over here, like, of course, you guys see, like, there's, just, there's a lot of high spots going on. There's a lot of flipping. And then the audience wants more and more and more. And so you start hearing the, whoa. Yeah. Uh, like, they start, and then it comes to, and I've seen this recently, where they start, doing that randomly at certain parts of the match where I'm like, why are you saying that right now? Like, just let them do what they have to do. Cause you're really trying to, like, it just feels like it's they're just trying to hijack peeve. the show. Yeah. yeah it's like they're, they're, they're controlling. Show. If they're just going to do two forearms, let them do two forearms. I mean, it's okay to say, do it again. Okay. I'll do it again, but I'm not going to do it three more times. Okay. It's just like little, it's like little pet peeves of mine, I guess, like compared to over there. Cause it's kind of like, all right, like, now I feel like I'm like I'm wrestling for you guys, like I'm entertaining you guys, but now I feel like I work for you guys mm -hmm. in a way. Where even like with my style, it's difficult because not a lot of people kind of get it in a way. Or I just like it feels like the vibe with the audience sometimes. Like I want to, I definitely want to be there for <laughs> them, but I also want them to pay attention to the style. So it's just like a lot of things, you know, little things that I kind of think about. And, you know, over there, of course, if they're paying attention and they're able to get it, they're able to understand. It's just like if someone's talking to you and you're having a conversation with someone and you're actually listening to them, to the words they say, and then you have the response. You don't cut off and like predict what they're going to say because then it's like, whoa, dude, like it's kind of like. Can I say you? it myself? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of like that vibe. 
I totally I can. I can totally Makes get sense, that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, sense. I do. I do love noise. I love reactions. I love when the audience is there and awake the whole show. Don't get me wrong. That I love that. I love that about American audiences. You know, and of course in Japan, it's always going to be quiet. They're never going to be like too rowdy or whatever. Um, they just like yell out the wrestler's name and that's it, really. Um, so yeah, I do love over here for the fact that they're always just gonna be alive the whole show and they show that appreciation in that way. So in other words, just don't be a jerk off and try to <laughs> hijack a show. I mean, it, it's not it's not that it's not that hard to deal. I mean, <laughs> that that that's what I surmised out of that. Don't be a dickhead and let them do what they want to do. I mean. She comes out there, start kicking motherfuckers in the front row. I mean, if you fuck around and find out and catch a foot, I mean that that, that you fucked up and found out. <laughs> and they start doing that little build up wall thing, just go out there and kick them. I'm like, as soon as they get to the right height now, of the crescendo, knock out. Yeah. Find out. Just real start real. calling it the Janai Kai Kick Demon Knockout Game. You get there it paid, is, man. Mind your business. But hey, man, we have kept you for quite a while. So before we let you get out of here, anything that you want to promote, anything that you got coming up, social media is where people can find you, all that good stuff. Floor is yours. Yeah. So I do have a pre booked uh, November, like every weekend I'm doing something. Like this weekend, I'm going to Utah for the first time for STF Pro Wrestling. And then, um, of course, I have, well, I have one show. They haven't announced me yet. It's, it's coming up soon. Uh, but uh, I have one show in New Jersey. I don't know if anyone can figure it out on the 12th. <laughs> um, so that's what's coming up the weekend after. And then I have, of course, MLW. And then I'm going to WrestleCade. It's like Thanksgiving yeah. weekend-ish. Yeah, I'll be there. We just saw a few of our other guests, uh, Thursday's guests, actually. Carrie Morton and uh, Alex Taylor from NWA will be there as well. So mm -hmm. if you guys are going to WrestleCade, make sure you check out Janai Kai. And we talked about goals and all those things. Well, we got a goal for 2024. Before we get out of 2023, we're 60 less than 60 subscribers away from being at a thousand subscribers on YouTube. So if y'all are watching that, make sure you hit the subscribe button and hit the little bell so that you don't miss any of this stuff. So that I don't have so many of you guys coming up to me, whether that's at a saliva concert or a fight <laughs> or any of the rest of them. Damn, I didn't even know. Well, if you hit the subscribe button, then you would know who's been coming on the show. So if you guys are new here, make sure you do that. Help us hit these goals. Make sure you check out Janai Kai. Get her stuff. Make her some monies. Check out MLW, MLW Fusion, all that good stuff. Shout out to Court Bauer. And uh, before I, we get out of here, make sure you're back here tomorrow, 9 p.m. We've got the return of our guy, Mondo El Toro Gutierrez, before he steps back into the cage, fresh off the Ultimate Fighter, being on Team McGregor with Conor McGregor. We'll ask him how much of a pain in the ass he is to cut his hair and see what he's going to do come this fight with Fury FC going down on UFC Fight Pass. So, like I said, make sure you hit that subscribe button, like button, share button. Make sure you're following Janai Kai. And in the immediate meantime and in between time, hit that button. Peace. <laughs>